Welcome to the Monuments and Movements podcast. Is freedom really free? The truth behind what most Americans are really asking for. We're going to talk about it. Welcome to Monuments and Movements. My name is Justin. This is my man, Kenny. How's it going? Kenny, how you doing, man? Good. Glad to be here. Yeah, cool, man. What's up? What's going on? Uh, lots going on. Another week, another exciting uh, development of, of news and fun and sports. So I'm glad, glad to be here. Glad to talk about it. Dude, speaking of news, did you hear about Kanye West and Steve Harvey? So I heard a little bit about it. Jesus was telling me about it, uh, you know, before, but they met with the CEO. Yeah, I guess I all went and got lunch at a Chick-fil-A somewhere. It was cool hmm. with the CEO and his headlines. A lot of people are trying to guess what it's about. Some people think that maybe Kanye is going to choose Steve Harvey as his vice president <laughs> or something. I don't know, but it was cool. I saw a video of Kanye West who went back with some of the workers at the Chick-fil-A and started singing that clothes on Sunday, you my <laughs> yeah. Chick-fil-A, I'm singing f- it with the staff. I feel like if you work at Chick-fil-A, you automatically have to know that song. Yeah. Like, I feel like so many people, uh, you know, Kanye's kind of a, a hot topic right now, but I feel like if you work at Chick-fil-A, you definitely have to know the song. Yeah. Dude, how, how epic would that be, though, if you're working at Chick-fil-A? Kanye West walks in and you get to start singing the Chick-fil-A song with him. I remember we would freak out when any even minor celebrity celebrity went through the uh, In-N-Out drive-thru. Yeah. I mean, like, even if you don't like Kanye West, like, oh, yeah. in that moment you like Kanye West. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, here's the thing. I think Kanye made a... A lot of people might think that he lost a lot of fans, but I feel like he probably made a pretty good transition when he, he started making his new kind of gospel album and, and his whole transition and his faith and everything. I know there was quite a few people who don't like Kanye anymore, but the truth is with like Kanye fans, a lot of uh, Kanye fans are faithful. Like they're super faithful. Like people will even say like, I don't really like what he's about right now, but I still like him. I still listen to his music. And, yeah. and let alone all the people who are the same Chick-fil-A fanatics and <laughs> everybody who... <laughs> Who uh, you know? Who are now extra supportive of yeah. Kanye because of, of his transition? So I think he's done pretty well for himself in that. Oh yeah, Dude, all, all I'm saying is I'm excited because now he's putting out gospel albums. Now I can listen to his music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to now, so it's <laughs> it's cool. But yeah, that'd have been cool to see that and to yeah jump in I, on that. Yeah, it would have it would have been. I I mean, when you're with a CEO, it's kind of a I don't know. It was, it was always kind of intimidating when we worked at In and Out, and you might be able to remember the fear that the uh, yep. the, the president of In and Out would strike into the hearts of all the employees. Yeah, I remember hearing horror stories of of Lindsay Snyder, and sorry, Lindsay, if you are watching this, but she would. If I remember hearing one story, the 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 drive-through person was out there on the little pad, and she she took the order wrong, and Lindsay snatched the the iPad away from her and started taking her order herself. And uh, I don't think that girl lasted much. Oh, I've never had that kind of experience. <laughs> but anyways. Well, hey, uh, basketball playoffs are up and running. Oh, that's right. It's like week. You've been watching week one of basketball playoffs. I think the Lakers are playing their second game. Um, I haven't I haven't really had the chance to watch yet. Basketball is kind of uh, the times are a little bit a little bit funky. Um, I know there was, so they were pretty deep into the season before, before everything got put on a screeching halt. Right. But, um, so there was some teams, they just finished, they gave some extra teams like, um, you know, the ability to, to make their way into the playoffs. I know the Suns, I think the Suns went like 8-0 and 
and still didn't make the playoffs just because of how oh. everything fell into play. But yeah, um, it's a bummer. It's it's you know so it's so they're doing the whole bubble thing. They have all the players locked down, and uh, they're pretty much on. I hope I hope they make a documentary about it. It'll be a pretty cool one day to see. But they're locked down at Disney World, right? I think so, or the surrounding areas. They're locked down in a huge like hotel complex. I think it is Disney yeah. World. And I mean, here you have all these just NBA players, and they're only like, you know, associating with each other, and uh, pretty. You know, I, I think it's pretty cool, but uh, team bonding. Yeah, and then and then you have on the other side of the sports platform, there was a a player, a rookie from the Seahawks. There, all those, all the NFL players are supposed to be kind of on a, a lockdown during their their camps right now, and uh, you're not supposed to have any visitors. And a rookie got cut from the team because he tried to sneak a girl in um, to the to the hotel. <laughs> And the best part about it was he tried to dress her as one of the players. So, were they married? <laughs> no. Well, no. moral of the story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be doing that. I mean, and the guy, poor guy. I mean, he, yeah. his whole career is. I mean, maybe he'll get another shot somewhere, but for now, he's he's missing out on on millions. Yeah. Uh, something I did want to ask you about in terms of NBA. Um, Paul Paul Pierce said today, if the Lakers, so right now the Lakers are down zero to one against the Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah, against the Trailblazers. Yeah. So they're down one game. It's only the second game. But um, Paul Pierce actually came out and said that if if the Lakers lose in the first round of this playoffs, that in regards to LeBron, he doesn't want to hear any more of that goat talk. Ooh, shots fired! And I wanted your kind of your opinion on it because I know you're a huge Jordan guy, and you've you've definitely seen seen basketball through Jordan and Kobe, and now into the LeBron age, if we categorize it as such. Yeah, yeah um, I mean the goat talk. I mean, I hear what Paul Pierce is saying, but that talk's always going to be there. Um, but but LeBron James. Okay, so are, are you asking if if I think LeBron's the goat? Yeah, what do you think about that? What do you think versus what you've seen in yeah. in in Michael Jordan or in Kobe? Like, yeah, I would say that I'd probably argue that LeBron James is probably the greatest in the league right now, hmm. and a strong argument can be made that he's the most talented of all time. But I wouldn't put him as the greatest of all time. I'd still put Michael Jordan as the greatest. And I guess the case Paul Pierce is making is like the. Something that Jordan probably gets talked about a lot, and you might be able to attest to that, is just his, the sheer, like, put the team on your back, like, Mm -hmm. we're going to win this game if I have to do it all by myself. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, so I grew up watching Jordan, and, I mean, I was a huge fan. Mm -hmm. You know, I had all the shoes, I had all the jerseys, I had the Chicago Bulls locker when I was a kid, that's (laughs) what I put my clothes in, I had all the posters. I still have over 100 Michael Jordan cards, so Michael Jordan was my thing. And... The biggest difference I'd have to say that I see between the two, right, is LeBron James. The guy is talented. The guy is dominant. Mm-hmm. When he really turns up, he turns up. And when he turns up, you can't do anything. You just have to get out of the way, mm-hmm. right? You see people getting out of the way. You just see him dunking on fools. Right. See him doing whatever he's got to <laughs> do, and he just dominates. Right. So with LeBron, you have to get out of the way. But with Michael Jordan, you couldn't get out of the way, mm-hmm. right? Michael Jordan might not have put up as many numbers as LeBron, but Michael Jordan just controlled the game. Right. It was just a different game. Right. right? Like, if he wanted to get at you, he wasn't just going to dunk on you. Uh-huh. 
He was going to humiliate your whole team. He was going to get inside of every player's head. Mm-hmm. If you tried to like run away, he would find you and come grab you and right. humiliate you right. and then dunk on you. Uh-huh. And he just literally controlled the whole tone of the game. He wasn't just a bulldozer that just bulldozed ever everyone. Right. He would get in their heads. He would change the tone of the game. Mm-hmm. He would just manipulate players like puppets. Wow. Just embarrass them. And he would still win. And uh, even off the court, just his psychological game. So... I feel like Michael Jordan was a lot more exciting to watch, and just overall, maybe he's not as great as LeBron in his technical mm-hmm. skills. Sure, but in terms of how he approached the game and how he played the game and how he dominated people, right. I'd say Jordan's a goat, right. hands down. Huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I hope to watch a little bit more of the playoffs and and get a little bit into it. But we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Right now, baseball's in full swing too, and football's starting up. So it's getting it's getting interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta tune in, man. I haven't been tuning in to sports. I've just been right looking into other things. So I gotta. Well, moving on, I guess. Um, diving a little deeper, we're just gonna go for it here. Um, mm-hmm. Something we wanted, to, something I wanted to bring up. Uh, I, our resident news breaking expert, and I say resident by not resident, <laughs> um, Mrs. Cardi B, Miss Cardi B. Whatever mm-hmm. B stands for. I don't know what her last name is. Yep. Uh, had an interview with the um, with Vice President Joe Biden. Oh, cool. Presidential hopeful. Um, did you have a chance? You had a chance to watch it. I heard a little bit about it and I saw some snippets of it, but haven't really like sat down and watched it. No. So it was it was an interesting video. Uh, you know, video interview. Um, you know, I really see in terms of uh, you know political marketing thing um without getting into too much of the weeds of, of of what you know whether i agree with whatever who cares but there's enough of that on the internet um you know it was it was good for to, to listen to joe biden actually be able to communicate with somebody who is uh skilled at speaking a specific english dialect as cardi b is um it was it was an interesting conversation but you know i thought it was it was productive and it was it kind of shed some light on on some things, but um, you know I, I, we wanted to talk about a couple of couple of things that they kind of brought up. Um, you know, what what do you think? What was your initial take on the the conversation being had? Uh, so I saw bits and pieces of it. Right. Uh, I think first and foremost, I think the whole premise of the interview is interesting. It's an interesting link up. You know, if I was the guy planning, you know, who Joe Biden was going to interview with or Mm -hmm. who Cardi B was going to interview with, I guess I never would have put two and two together like that. Uh, But it makes sense. You know, he's trying to go after the culture, not just after people who are into politics. He's trying to go after young people. Right. And so it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that he'd talk with some pretty popular icons in the culture today. Now, to be honest, I'm not too familiar with Cardi B. I uh, haven't really listened to any of her music. I don't know a lot about her. But the portion that I did watch, um, she was basically talking about, you know, he'd ask what she expected, I think, from a president or from the government. Mm-hmm. And what she was basically saying was, you know, equality for blacks. She was saying free college, free Medicare. And, uh, you know, just a few of those talking points. And so... That was a part that I watched. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, man, one thing that really, and I think the whole point that was trying to get 
get across was, uh, um, you know, Vice President Biden was trying to trying to group, I guess, uh, Cardi's views or Cardi's questions. Like when he asked that question, he kind of asked it in a way. I think he asked it kind of twice. But one thing he said was, "What do you, you know, what do you think most eighteen to twenty-three or twenty-four year olds, most people, most of your followers, your young millennials, um, what do you think they want?" Um, in a president, and that's when Cardi kind of started listing off all of her her uh, her wishes. But you know, and I, and I guess we can we can get into this a little bit more. But I feel like there's this this culture or this um, this this idea of of free and this idea of of things being given away free. I mean, free college, free free um, health care. Yep. You know, like we mentioned before. I mean, we grew up school when free lunches really started and and kicked off i mean you you graduated um and you you paid for college on your own i mean uh you know you know the struggles and and the hardships um yeah man full-time student full-time job full-time ministry and you did it and you graduated pretty high up there in your class right kept me out of trouble (laughs) so um but I feel like there's this idea of, of man, that I, that I feel like our generation really needs to have a sit-down conversation and understand. And, you know, there is some, some, some truth. Should, should college be made more affordable? Sure. Should healthcare be made more affordable? Sure. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to that. But I think just the concept of, of handouts and the concept of, of, you know, the good old-fashioned American, like, pick yourself up from your bootstraps and make something happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's there's something to be had, and and I'll, and I'll kind of pass it to you with this story. I was talking actually to a friend, and he he was saying locally his his parents um, owned a, a business or so, and uh, or one or two, and they owned some properties, and and they've done really well from their for themselves since they they came to the United States. And his father recently passed away, and he said his his dad was old school kind of Hispanic, like always wore the same kind of jeans, same shirt, same, you know, same look to him, didn't really buy anything flashy, um, you know, d- there wasn't much to him, you know, he wasn't into all that. Well, when his dad passed away, he was saying how they found, like, huge sum of money that he had just been stashing for all these years. And um, he was going on to explain, like, yeah, my mom owns, like, 12 houses and and so many uh, <laughs> restaurants, <laughs> Sorry, flies dog vomit. <laughs> um, uh, so many man, it's so smoky outside. The flies are trying to get away from <laughs> all the smoke. Um, yeah. Sorry, and so basically, what what blew me away with the conversation is he was talking about how you know he didn't really find out until his older years, so like you know right now that that his family is actually pretty well off, but but he no understands the value of a dollar. Like he, mm-hmm. he understand and, and you know, I never knew that his family, I knew his family owned a restaurant, excuse me, but I never knew that they were, they were really well off. I mean, owned like 12 houses and, and a bunch of different properties and stuff. And what, cause what blew me away about their families, they were always super duper humble and so nice. And they lived in a, a house that was enough for all of them. Like, um, and, and they were, they never were flashy, their whole family. There was a lot of brothers and a few sisters and. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, you talk to somebody like that and it really makes you, you know, think about like, wow, here this is, this guy, he had, he had a lot growing up, but his parents 
took time to teach their family the value of a dollar. And I think that's what is at stake here is, is learning the value of hard work, the value of, of, you know, what it means to go to school full time and do ministry yeah. full time and, and work and study and do all these and be involved in extracurriculars and all these different things and pay your way through college as hard as it may be. It taught you, you know, specific values, right? The grind, baby. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that? The concept of our generation kind of wrestling? The concept of free stuff. Right. Well, so here's what I hear. Going back to the interview. Right, once again, I didn't listen to it very long. But, you know, when I hear her saying, you know, we want free education, we want free health care, you know, not even from a policy perspective, but mm-hmm. just kind of from a 50,000 feet above the ground, what is this person saying? Is I think what she's communicating to Joe Biden is that we need help. Mm. Right? Now, obviously, to her, the concept of help looks like free education, free health care, right? How do we help people, especially during COVID? Right. Right? And people losing their jobs which means they're probably losing the insurance and right. all in this crisis. Like, how are we going to help those people? Or the education thing. I mean, education is a whole topic in and of itself yeah. we could talk about. You know, the point of an education is eventually so that you can function in society. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can get a job and you can become a functional part of society. Right. It helps get you in the door. The problem is that not a lot of people, well, it's hard for people to get in the door these days. Right? It seems to be crowded. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a lot more of a struggle than it was right. 20, 30 years ago. Right. So, not even from a policy perspective, but just up in the sky, sky high view. Mm. What I hear her saying is, my people need help. Right. 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 I know she did emphasize, you know, black communities a lot more. Sure. But, so I really think that's what she was asking. Sure. Now, the thing about what's the answer to that is, you know, our generation likes to think, well, free stuff, right? Medicare for all, free, mm-hmm. you know, free education, you know, free this, free that. And I think that sounds great on paper, but just in reality, it's not, it doesn't work. Right. Right. Because, right, you have, to, you, you've heard the saying before, right? Freedom is not free. Right. And usually that means, you know, that people had to pay a very heavy price so we could have our freedom, mm-hmm. right? Which... You know, thank God for the military and for the veterans right. and for people who are in the service. Man, I have so much respect for them and right. I'm so thankful for them. But the statement that freedom is not free is true about freedom, period. What do I mean by that? Is once you make something free, right? Freedom, freedom is all tied up in responsibility. Mm-hmm. You can't have freedom without responsibility. The second you want freedom, it means that you have responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about something being free is there's no responsibility with that, right? Mm. A gift. Someone gives me a gift, sure. right? No strings attached. You know, there's no responsibility that comes with that. It's cool, right? right? A gift is cool, but it's not going to teach me responsibility. It's not going to help me be a free person, mm-hmm. right? I love gifts. Gifts is my love language. I love buying gifts. I don't really care to receive gifts as much, but, you know... When you give something for free, it's cool, but it doesn't help you in society, right? So 
freedom always comes with responsibility. So for example, let's just take the, the free, free education. So for someone to say, I, it's my right to have free education, right? It's really a rights issue. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk about it in the realm of rights because, you know, rights, who has what rights? Who says which rights are which? Obviously, we have the Bill of Rights. But, you know, who's to say this right is wrong or who's to say that you have the right to do this? Guns, right? Right. There's a big argument. Well, who's to say you have a right to have guns? Well, it's in the Constitution. Well, rewrite the Constitution, you know. Right. When you start getting in the topic of, of rights, it's, it's a little more subjective. Sure. Right. So when you start thinking of it in terms of responsibility, mm. right, that's really where the logic jumps in. So, for example, if you saying I have the right to free education, what you're really saying is someone has a responsibility to educate me. Wow. Right? Wow. I mean, we don't look at it like that, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to live in a society that's free, mm-hmm. and if you want freedom, freedom always involves responsibility. Wow. So now that becomes a different conversation. Okay, well, I need a free education all right, well, whose responsibility is it? Is it the teacher's responsibility? Should a teacher have to give their time for free to mm-hmm. educate me? Most people would say no, right? Even people who demand free education right. would say, no, teachers need to get paid. Right. Okay. Well, then whose responsibility is it to make sure that teacher comes and educates you? Mm-hmm. People will say, well, it's the government's. Right. Well, you know, the government... When you say it's the government's responsibility, essentially what you're saying is it's my responsibility, or it's your responsibility, or it's anyone who pays taxes. Sure. The government isn't like some provider, right? You've seen The Wizard of Oz, or you know the story of The Wizard of Oz, right? right. right? You know, you've got this face of the government, but Mm -hmm. really what funds the government is us. Right. (laughs) Right? So really what you're saying is that it's other people's responsibility to educate me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that becomes a weird kind of conversation. And the same is true with healthcare, right? I mean, healthcare is obviously a lot more complicated. Sure. You know, I think when you talk about responsibility and freedoms, I believe one of our God given responsibilities, right? It says it in the Bible. Um, this isn't a government instilled responsibility as much as. Uh, responsibility instilled by our creator, right? So I believe we have the ultimate responsibility to look out after people and have compassion on people, mm. right? So problems like education, people can't get educated. Yeah, I think we have a responsibility to do something about it. Healthcare, right? People can't get healthcare. I think we do have a responsibility to do something about it. Sure. But being responsible right and you know this is my opinion and just you know my reasoning is that just giving away free stuff is not the responsible way to answer that problem sure right so you know for me and see stepping back you have different perspectives right typically you have the liberal and you have the conservative perspective right Right. the liberal perspective i'm going to use a lot of uh generalizations here i get i get i'm oversimplifying it (laughs) and i get not everyone believes that but typically the liberal approach is you know you deserve Mm -hmm. free health care and you deserve free 
education. A typical conservative response would be, you can go out and earn an education, or you can go out and earn free health care. Right. Right. And so an argument can be made for both. Yeah. You know. But how do you do it? You know, I believe the answer, right, so not getting into the weeds of should you, should you not provide free stuff, right, but the answer, looking back to responsibility, what is our responsibility? Well, let's start with education. Mm-hmm. Well, if, we, if we're not going to demand that people give their time for free to educate someone or we're not going to demand the public to pay for your education, if I'm not going to assume that a stranger I don't know should fork over money to me. Because what? I mean, even just the public school system, just for kids, it's like $15,000 a year per kid. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. And that's a whole other discussion as well. But, you know, I think what's more effective than me just trying to demand someone to pay for something is, you know, me going into the trenches, right? Me meeting with people one-on-one, me having personal contact and helping that person get an education, right? It's on the ground. It's in the human interaction, right? Historically, the government is very bad at solving people's problems. Yeah, right. Right? I'm not a bash on the government, mm. right? The government has a certain function. You know, obviously, military, you know, enforcing the law, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. But when it comes to really helping people with their problems, they just don't have a good track record. Mm-hmm. Because, to be honest, I don't think they're equipped to do it. Right. I think you and me, we're equipped to do it, mm. right? I think our neighbors are equipped to help us. Sure. You know, I think our family and our friends, we are equipped to help each other. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'll use this example, right? You know, you're talking about your friend, mm-hmm. for example, whose parents brought him up, teaching him the value of hard work, teaching him the value of money. So I graduated from Cal Poly, I think, in 2009, right? And uh, I had someone come up to me. Uh, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. <laughs> and uh, he basically said, you know, and uh, this guy was black. And he said, hey, listen, man, like you're a college graduate now. I'm like, yeah. He said, bro, you're a sellout, man. You're selling out to the white, man. You think you're all this. <laughs> wow. You know, like you ain't hood, you ain't black, you ain't, and just totally starts going off because I graduated school. Wow. Right. And... You know, at first I'm like, well, forget you, man. Like, you're dumb if you don't want to go to school and you don't want to get an education and you don't want to better yourself. Sure. Well, forget you. But then when I started thinking about it, I started thinking about how this guy grew up, right? You know, I, I knew his family. I knew his family's upbringing. I mean, the guy grew up in a pretty broken neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Grew up running around with gangs. And he grew up in a culture that told him, you know, that college is for sellouts, he grew up in a culture that told him Ooh, poverty that? was the thing, mm-hmm. right? Being poor was the thing, right? Being poor was cool, right? Once you're rich, you're a sellout. And so, you know, this guy, I could tell him something blue in the face, like, come on, man, lace up your bootstraps. Come on, get out there, work hard. Right. But he literally can't hear it, mm-hmm. right? He has been conditioned. He is a product of his environment to where sure. he can't just hear that, right? It's like your friend is a product of his environment. Right. right. And so the problem with that is what you have is, you know, you have people saying, okay, well, earn your education. Mm-hmm. Right. Go earn a job. Go do this. But that person's never seen it. And so I think to honestly help people, you know, and I think this is a personal responsibility that I take, 
Right. I don't believe it's I don't believe the government is the one that should, you know, enforce it. Mm. Right. I think this is something that, you know, we do as people out of our hearts out of compassion. Is we go and we just spend time with people and we get in their lives and we invite them in our lives. Right. And I remember this young man, at first I was really offended. But then I just started hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. I started hanging out with him in his world, and I just started taking him under my wing, if you will, right? Discipling, mentoring him. Right. And once he started being a part of my life, and he started seeing, like, hey, if I just don't go out with the gangs all day, and, you know, I'm just not hanging out in the streets all day, but, you know, I can hang out with people who don't insult me all the time. <laughs> They're cool. You know, I can... Just chill, you know, I could yeah. I could read a book. You know, mm-hmm. I, I eventually got him to read a book. He's like, bro, I read a whole book by myself. Wow. Right? And, you know, this young man eventually ended up going to college. Mm. Right? Graduated four-year university. And now he's got a job. Uh, what company is it now? Oh, some company up in the Bay Area. Mm. Right. Okay. And uh, he graduated in IT. Now, if I just drawing the line in the sand and be like, no, man, you need to lace up your bootstraps. You could do it. You know, there's all opportunity in the world for you. Stop being a victim. Stop being a loser. And I just left it at that. Mm. That guy would still probably be on the streets. Wow. Right. But if you're going to, if you're going to help people, right, a policy is not going to help people. Right. Right. Same way, just giving free stuff is not going to help people because what they need is, is they need a culture shift. They need a mentality shift. Yeah. And so I honestly think the way that you help is not necessarily by just giving out free education. I mean, mm-hmm. those scholarships are awesome. Right. You know, which I think private America and corporate America is a very good resource for scholarships like that. You know, I, I don't think the government, once again, is very good at that. Mm-hmm. But not only just trying to throw money at things, but actually throwing your time and your energy and effort and helping people. Right. I think that's the answer. Sure. You know, so... When I listen to that interview, it's easy to get caught up in the, oh, f- more free stuff. They just yeah. want free stuff. You know, I'll admit, that's sometimes my, my knee-jerk reaction is when I start hearing free. You know, there's a classic meme from The Princess Bride. That's word free. I don't think you, it means what you think it means. <laughs> you know, you've seen that meme. Yeah. You know, but the truth is, if you can look past just a generation wanting free stuff. Right. Really what they're saying is a generation that's saying, help us. Sure. And so I think that's the answer. Yeah. Discipleship, mentorship, take people under your wing. Mm. Show them how to do it. Don't just tell them. Which, going back to liberals and conservatives, I think liberals are very good at that. Mm. Right. I mean, even just look at the interview, right? Joe Biden going to Cardi B, who is someone who's a pretty popular figure in the Mm -hmm. culture, right? They're going into the culture. And the question that he asked was a pretty smart question. Right. What does your generation want? Mm. Right. Versus on the more conservative side, I think they tend to have more logical solutions for things. Well, you know, how are we going to help you? Well, you know, if you work hard and you go, you know, this will happen, this will happen, and there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Great, but that side doesn't necessarily go to the people. So it's, it's kind of this push-pull right. where it's like, right. I don't really think the liberal answer is right, and I don't think just the conservative answer sure. is right. And, and I feel like, you know, you said something that kind of made, shifted my perspective a little bit. You said, you know, look at what she's saying. Um, you know, she was saying, you know, free this, free this, free this. But, you know, you, you said if you look at from 50,000 feet up or, or whatever, that you actually hear her saying that we need help. 
And I think, you know, to, to play both sides of the, the tracks, too, you know, you and I, we grew up in, in a culture that's like, you know, we, we didn't get help paying for college. Yep. We didn't, we weren't, you know, and not to hate on anybody who did. I have tons of friends who, who did, you know, but we didn't, we didn't, you know, our, our parents weren't in a position to, to yeah. you know, fork over money for college or, or, you know, you bought a house on your own. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we, we didn't didn't have that opportunity, and to those who do have that opportunity, might not understand. It might be easier for that person to say, like, "Yeah, do it on your own." I did it on my own, but to to a lot of people, and you know the the Hispanic community, um, especially, you know, um, I'm I'm half Mexican, and a lot of Hispanics, especially where we live, kind of get get clowned on a little bit for for uh, living with their parents forever. And while I don't necessarily agree with it, I believe that a man should, should it's good for a man to move out on his own and, yeah. and learn to, 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 you know, hunt for his food and, That's right. and uh, you hunt know, and kill. all that stuff, learn how to be a man. But at the same time, you know, I have a lot of friends who, let's say, their parents helped them out buy a, buy a house. That's awesome. Yeah. Go for it. If you, you're in a position to do that, I hope I can be in a position to do that for my children one day. A lot of other people that I know, their parents weren't in the position to do that. So the alternative is, well, here, I'll let you live here for X amount of years rent-free. That's mm-hmm. their way of giving back to their children. Yeah. So while it might be looked down upon in some matters, um, I, like I said, I do believe that. I mean, I moved out at a very young age. Like I do believe that it's good for, for – it, it's not necessarily healthy for a guy to live with his parents forever. But we lived together for a while. We did. And that was some formational time in my life. (laughs) Um, And so so I get, you know, I get it when you put it that way. We need help. Yeah, we do need. There's so many people I know that that they didn't have the option to go to school because as soon as they graduated, it was, hey, you got to you got to go to work now. You got to help feed your family. You got to help feed feed your, your parents and your siblings. And now fast forward a couple years. Now they got their own family. And they're still not even legal to drink. Yeah. And, you know, their whole life is now about working, working, working. I just got to put food on the table. And they didn't, they didn't have the, the luxury of, of having a scholarship. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there's tons of grants. There's tons of scholarships out there. But, you know, that just wasn't an option for them to be able to go to school and work as many hours as they needed to work at a fast food place to provide for their family. Um, at the same time, I do know a lot of people who have came from the same culture that I've come from, who have went to college, who have done the scholarships, the essays, the grants, and, and all these things, and they have made it work. But those are, you know, to be honest, far and few in between. And I, so I do hear that. I do hear that we need help. And, mm-hmm. and like you're saying, I think that there needs to be a lot more um, people being taken by the hand, a lot more mentorship, a lot more, let me help you. Let me show you what to do. Let me show you these forms to fill out. Let me show you these, these grants to fill out the, these scholarship foundations to look up, to research. Yeah. Let me help you. Let me show you these after. Cause there are resources to get where you need to be. A hundred percent. There are resources to get where you need to be. It's, it's, there is free money already out there, but there is also something being said, you know, I, I, uh, for a long period of time, you know, uh, we, you know, you and I, we, we disciple young guys and, and you could probably attest to this for, for a young a period of time as these guys that I was kind of helping mentor were coming out of high school, um, they would leave my house and, 
and I would like look at the trash or look at like the mess and I would just be like very few of them would actually care to like you know yeah. wash a dish or yeah. or hey can I take out the trash for you or or, or you know clean up it's yeah. like or when you go on a road trip with some of the younger guys yeah. and you get out of your car and you're like what the heck is this in my back seat where did you get this bag of gummy worms why is it melted like why is there a mess back yeah. here but it's just the principle of of being able to fend for yourself. And you don't learn that until you have your own car, until you have your own living room that you're responsible for cleaning, until you have your own fridge that it's your, if it spoils, if the food spoils in there, mom's not gonna clean it out. You don't learn responsibility until you have freedom. Right, right. 100%. But if you never step up in the freedom, mm -hmm. you never learn responsibility. Right. So I mean, I you know, I, I there's a lot more gray area than there is just like free free education, yes or no. You know, free healthcare, yes or no. There's a lot more uh, gray area than than I think that um, is being portrayed. Yeah. I don't think it's as easy as you know give give people free because we, we at the, on the other side of that we have seen what happens when you give people free stuff. You know, like you're saying, you don't learn responsibility for it. You don't learn value for it. How you went to St. Joe's. Uh, a lot of kids get baller cars when they turn 16 that go that go to certain private schools. And more power to them. If you can do it, do it. Yeah. But how many of those stories ended up in very responsible actions being... Well, so I've got a really cool story about that because I had the coolest car in my high school. I had a... But it was an old car. Uh -huh. Old 1972 Chevy Nova. And it was, you know, fixed up, restored. It only had yeah. a, a straight six in it. But um, it was the coolest car on campus. I won the car shows on campus and wow. everything. But how did I get it? It kind of sat in the driveway for years. It was my mom's old car. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, we used my mom's old car for parts. We ended up getting another old one and we kind of joined the two. Sure. Just parts from one and the other. But my uncle told me the day I turned 15, he said, look, get a job, help your mom out with their bills and you know, just help your mom out. If you do that, I'm gonna help you fix up the Nova. Wow. Said, all right, I got a job. Start working in and out. Yeah. All right. Even while I was in school, I was still working. You know, helping my mom out, getting a little cash on the side. Mm -hmm. And uh, my uncle, he helped me fix up the car. He did most of the work, and then once the car was fixed up, he showed me how to work on it when it broke down. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have money to go to the mechanic. He lived out of town, so I'd call him on the phone. I'd, I'd have my notepad out, tell me how to fix it. I'd have to go try to learn how to fix it. Well. Wow. Right. And so I still, you know, even though I went to school with a bunch of mm -hmm. you know, people who their parents bought the Beamers and whatnot, I still had the coolest car. It's probably one of the least expensive cars right. on campus for wow. sure. Right. But see, that just goes to show freedom and responsibility. Right. Now, I never would have learned that if my uncle didn't say, hey, you need to get a job and help your mom. Mm -hmm. Right. And fortunately, you know, the principles I learned from that, you know, helped me in other areas in life. Helped right. me get through school, helped me apply for scholarships. And, sure. You know. Yeah, and I think we live in a very, we do live in a pivotal time in America um, where these decisions are being talked about more and more and more and, and, uh, yeah. uh, and the discussions are to be had. But at the end of the day, whatever, however way the, the, the pizza's cut up, I guess, to say, yeah. <laughs> however way it's, however, whichever way it's done, there's still the, the great opportunity that we have to like, just, it's there. If you want it, you can get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think anybody is necessarily, I don't think there's any law 
necessarily prohibiting anybody from going out there and getting it. I mean, my, my buddy I was telling you about, his, his parents moved here from Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, so he was first generation. Um, and, and, you know, my parents, I'm, I think my parents might be third or fourth each. Uh, my dad's family from, from Italy and my mom's from, from Mexico. But, uh, and so just a story of like, you, you can go out there and you can get it. You can, yeah. you can do it. What an opportunity we have where you're not necessarily locked in to, to not, not making it. Yeah. Yeah, no, there are so many resources available. I mean, even if you don't go to school, right? You mm -hmm. got the library. Right. Most of the textbooks I learned from in school that I paid hundreds of dollars for, because sure. textbooks are pretty pricey. Right. Most of those same books are in the public library for free. Yeah, wow. Right? So, I mean, the resources are there, but once again, if, if you've never seen it, if it's never been right. modeled to you, if no one shows you where those resources are and no one it looks impossible. mentors you and you know is in your corner to help you, throw all the resources in the world mm -hmm. you want at that person mm -hmm. but until someone shows them wow they're gonna stay in the same place wow so good so um well yeah. hey let's let's finish up <laughs> uh, here cardi b for you cardi that b and joe biden look at that spurring a, a productive conversation who would have thought um cool. well hey let's 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 finish up here with some uh some good news takes okay we wanted to do something, something a little, a little more. Uh, we hardly hear any good news. It's now, true, right? Yeah. Um, the the bad news is so, so highlighted and so loud. But um, good news is a resource. We got to get out there. We got to show people the resource. There you go. Good news. There it is. Yeah. Um, so we had one of them. Um, what was the one story? I know you, we don't got a mic on you, Jesus. What was the one? Um, that the, a hospital team helped um, a patient with COVID propose to his fiance or his, his wife at this well, point. They're getting married. They're getting oh, they were getting married in the yeah. hospital. That was the video he you showed me. And he was able to say I do. And he was able hospital. to say I do. Yeah. do. How did that work? Uh, it went pretty good. You could tell he was struggling to talk, but gotcha. He made it happen. Made it happen. So okay, here's the thing. It's an awesome story. Mm. It's amazing. But this is how you know that it, it, it was the guy who was sick and, and proposed and not, not the other way around. There's no way that my wife would have let me propose to her when she was in a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no way. She would have said no. There's no way she would have let me propose to her. She, she would have said no, and it wouldn't have... It, I'm glad. I'm glad this dude got his lady to say yes, and, yeah. and they... Uh, they you got can't married. say no to someone in the hospital bed. Uh, if you're in the hospital bed. If you're in the hospital bed. Yeah, but if someone in the hospital bed. Ask you, it's pretty much definitely yeah. yes. Yeah. If they ask you for anything, you kind of got to say yes. Okay. Here's another one. Another cool, fun story I read. Good news story is uh, a, a, uh, an animal hero helped, helped rehabilitate and, um, and revive, I guess, a... A two-legged huntsman spider? Really? Yeah. Have you seen a huntsman spider? They're pretty gnarly. They're like huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think you have to be a special type of human to care for those things in general. Yeah. Uh, let alone rehabilitate a two-legged one. Yeah. Rehabilitating animals. You know what's crazy? So sometimes like I'll be scrolling on my social media 
And for some reason now I get all these ads. I think maybe it's because I had my dog. But I always get like these ads or these little videos of <laughs> like puppies being rescued or like yeah. puppies playing. And I just get sucked in. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And I just, I don't know, I get sucked in, man. I'm I, like, so I just spend three minutes watching a video of puppies play together, like getting my heart warmed. <laughs> what? What, what I, is happening? You know, I get those ads, but that is because I follow tons of dog profiles on purpose. Yeah. Um, there's one more. Google's, you say Google's always listening? There is a one more. I don't know. Do you have any other good good news stories, Jesus? Um, no. I got good news. Movies are opening up pretty soon. They are. Are you going to go? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, last one. Last one as we close out. Um, to honor his late father, man learns to cook on YouTube, and now he owns a thriving restaurant. Dude, legit. See? Resources. Right there. Just go for it. (laughs) That's cool. Well, hey, this was fun. Let's do it again. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify, Google Play, whatever podcast platform you listen to, thank you. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you leave a comment, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.